on Dragon Ball Z. No! Please! Please don't kill me! Uh, what, what's the problem, dude? What, what are you doing in here? Are you recording? Maybe? Oh, cool. What are we talking about? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> um, I was just talking about Steven Universe because I was in the mood to talk about something that I loved. And, um, wait, you're not mad at me for doing all those random episodes in between us ending the show? Oh, heck no. I can. It's more stuff for me to listen to. <laughs> well, nah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was just talking about something that I really, really enjoyed as sort of a uh, mental break from um, the tumult of fandom. Um, but since you're here, um, what do you like, Jesse? Like, what's, you know, obviously besides Dragon Ball, like, what's something that you really enjoy? That's something that you parentally love, and what's something they could talk about at any time? Ooh, um, well, you know, we're both comic book fans, and... But of course. My favorite character is Spider-Man, like, hands down, in any medium. So, I mean, I could, I could just spill my, my beans on Spider-Man anytime I, I want. Spider-Man, eh? Yeah, yeah. You're familiar with the character, right? Vaguely. <laughs> and that I've done like half a dozen shows on him. But, you know, that's actually the point. Like, I've talked so much about that guy. Why don't you have the floor and just what do you love about Spider-Man? That face, it... Oh, no, it, it can't be. But it is. The fugitive who ran past me the other day. The one I didn't stop when I had the chance. If I only had tackled him when I had the chance. But I didn't, so he escaped, and now Uncle Ben is dead. Yes, Uncle Ben is dead, and in a sense, it's really I who killed him. Because I didn't realize in time that with great power, there must also always be great responsibility. But I know it now. And so long as I live, Spider-Man will never shirk his duty again. Robbers, killers, beware. Spider-Man is here. Thus, a legend is born. As a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy... The most exciting realm of all. Uh, well, I, I learned to read on Spider-Man comics, right? Like, <laughs> so there's literally not a moment in my life I don't, I don't remember the character. Mm. And that, that holds like a special place for me because I can, I can read even the worst stories about him and I'm still happy to, to, to be reading about the character. <laughs> Like, You're better man than I. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I guess I can't, I can't read stories about him objectively. I'm just, you know, I'm just always in the mood for that. So yeah, like I just love the character, man. Like I identified with a lot of them, and I think you know that, that when Stan Lee and Steve Ditko created him, that was the big thing. They wanted readers to identify with him. And did you? Did you uh... So did you, uh, were you reading the comics before anything else? Like, was that your introduction to Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, how, how did you, uh, how did you get to know him in that way? Did you see a comic at the gas station or something? Uh, I saw it on the spinner rack at the local Eckerd, Eckerd Drug. And my, uh, I think, I think we were, we were picking up some medicine for my mom at the pharmacy, and I was, like, just digging through the comics, and 
he was the one that uh, that jumped out to me the most. Do you remember that issue or what the story was? The Mark of Cain, part three or four. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's it. Spider-Man 58. Adjectiveless Spider-Man 58. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So you I and I kind of got in the same era. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the 90s, and especially the Kong Saga, get a bad rap, but I grew up with it, so it's it's always near and dear to me. And the, I mean, that was I think that was still Bagley art, so it looked amazing. Oh, yes. And yeah, just... That cover, like, I, it drew to me because it had Spider-Man, it had Scarlet Spider, and Spider-Man's a very distinct, well, now he's kind of distilled with characters like Deadpool, but mm-hmm. back then, his costume was still fairly distinct, you know? It wasn't, it was, it was unique, and, it, you know, he didn't have a cape, he didn't, he had a full mask on, so that drew, drew a lot to me, and from there on, yeah, video games, uh, obviously 90s cartoons. He was just everywhere. Like, when do you go for your Spider-Man fix? I mean, you're such a fan of the character. Is it is it centrally uh, like like whatever Spider-Man around, or like what do you really like? Which version of the anime series do you enjoy? Which version of the movies do you really like? Like, which, which hell even stories? Like, which stories do you really go to? Like, say this this is my jam right here. Uh, you know, I, re- I really I really gravitate to that that type of story that I grew up with, which. It's odd because now Marvel you know, wants to push the young hip Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like in in all the movies, he's been a high schooler. In in all the TV shows, it's kind of focused on his younger life. But as a young kid growing up, Spider-Man he was constantly portrayed as a, an adult, Mu- you know, much older than I think he's, he's portrayed now, especially in the movies, you know, the current movies. Mm-hmm. But that that didn't stop me from liking the character, right? And he had a rich backstory of being, you know, being a superhero since he was 15, but being experienced, being, you know, being married, having a good amount of tenure as a superhero. And that's still, I, I can still get behind that. I like the idea of somebody having been a, a, a young child, super, uh, a child, a hero as a child, and kind of growing up from that. Yeah. And uh, being married, right, it didn't make him unrelatable to me. Like, I... Like I, I really, really enjoy the aspect of the character being a nerd and and putting that mask on and feeling more confident. Because I was, I was, you know, always a very frail kid, a very sick kid, and that really appealed to me. Like, you know, he was an outsider, but his biggest bully was actually his his biggest fan. Like, you know, they say anytime you know you dress up for Halloween for costumes, anything, it's empowering, and just a little bit of that. I can imagine being Spider Man and being able to swing through the city and just the amount of drilling and like the release he must get from that so a lot of it's very cathartic to read he's a very cathartic character to read you say yeah yeah i think that's how, that's what you know initially drew it to me Dokey. um let's see i feel like i'm interrogating you i'm sorry uh, <laughs> Good uh i would imagine that your favorite version of the cartoons is the 90s show is that correct you know it is yeah and excellent you know and I've tried to go back to it to be objective because it's like, oh, I grew up with it. Of course, I'm going to love it. But, you know, even even trying to look at it as objectively as I can, I still really, really dig it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's obviously got its problems, but at, at the time and for when it was made, that, you know, the X-Men show, Batman, that's that's my, my Saturday morning cartoons. But I always prefer the Marvel approach with Spider-Man, with the... With, direct adaptations of some of the stories from the comics and two-part episodes like I that was that was 
that was similar to the comics I'm reading. You know, I buy a, a part of the story every month. Yeah, you told me that before, that like, you always preferred the Marvel cartoons of the 90s to the DC cartoons of the 90s, which always always yeah. very interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the DC, obviously, they have very good content, but I, I the, sto- the serial storytelling kept me coming back. I think that, like, in a world where nostalgia is constantly uh, drudged up, I think that's become sort of a go-to insult, because if someone prefers a certain version, nostalgia tends to be, like, the... Uh, like the the bullseye on that you know the reason why you like this thing that's so shitty <laughs> and i feel that that's always um kind of a misdirected attack because there's always going to be that x factor that's going to carry you through what you like about something in general well the um, thing, yeah like that also kind of demeans the reason you liked it at first like oh you, you're just nostalgic about that yeah but i i liked it originally and like something drew it to me it had had some pull to me, right? And that's that's not irre- irrelevant, you know, to, to the question. Right? Yeah, no, it's 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 like um, it's almost as though people treat it as though it's like social development. Like, well, we know better now than this thing. But you know, you when you're younger and when things are you know not as developed as as they will be later on, you turn to like appreciate what you have at the time. But even still, like I mean, like I think people take that or tend to take that as sort of like a. Uh, Oh, well, they, they almost present nostalgia as like a menti- mental handicap, and that's always—I think that's always such an uh, such an invective, uh, inflammatory charge at somebody because it's 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 like you know trying to take them down a peg. Where it's also whereas in reality, nostal- like with Dragon Ball Z, obviously nostalgia is going to be the reason why you're still talking about it. That's always going to be the reason why you're present. And with, with Spider-Man, especially the '90s show, because I reviewed it. For the uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space, like the whole series, I mean, it's definitely dated. It's not the storytelling is definitely not what's you know modern these days. But at the same time, th- that is a Spider-Man show through and through. And how Peter Parker is always at the center of the story, no matter how many characters are in the episode. Exactly. And it really, it really set itself apart from every other anime series at the time uh, in terms of Spider-Man because it was about his life rather than just him fighting villains and the only show to get close to that since then was uh the spectacular spider-man show i think all the other spider-man shows that are not spectacular spider-man or the 90s show they just tend to kind of break them down to just being a superhero and not being spider-man peter parker yeah like i mean uh what is it the the show um immediately after that spider-man unlimited they completely took peter parker out of his environment (laughs) like the planet (laughs) it's like how can we how can we remove him the most from all of his supporting cast? I know. Send him on another planet. Once you realize that Marvel was bankrupt, you can tell that they were bankrupt both financially and creatively. <laughs> In uh, the nine or the the two thousands MTV show, it pretty much banked on a familiar familiarity of the movie and with just no kind of cohesion whatsoever. Yeah, it was. Well, it was weird because, like, that show was, like, it was the movie continuity, but it also wasn't because nobody acted like they did in the movies. Well, like, yeah. Where you have, like, you know, the movie continuity where Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, and the MTV show, it was, like, that continuity. But because it was on TV, everyone was just kind of retrofitted to fit what MTV thought their personality should be. And as a result, it's a very strange beast because it's not really reconcilable with the movie. 
no, no, watches no. very differently. Like, what, what, what did you think about that? That's a show that like we don't tend to talk about much, and I I reviewed like half of it on the on Crawlspace. Like, yeah, I think, think it's it? largely forgotten. But you know, when it came out, it, the, the one the graphics have not aged well. But nah. <laughs> that aside, like they they took a lot of liberties with the villains they created in it. Yeah, and like I think uh, the lizard was voiced by like Rob Zombie, but. It's completely different than the Kurt Connors we were introduced to in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, it, it's really, it's, yeah, like you were saying, it's irreconcilable with the, the movies that it was supposedly based on, but I always kind of saw it as like a jumping off part. Like, you say, okay, hey, you know these characters from the movie, uh, here's some vague version of them who look nothing like the characters in the movie. Right? <laughs> Especially like like the Osborns, who for some reason were blonde, and like I don't, I personally, uh, I don't personally dislike the MTV series to the point where like I can't watch it. I I find it interesting to see. At the same time, it does not hold up as a show because its its own storytelling is is so inconsistent that it can't uh, decipher an identity with itself. But it's still like an interesting time time capsule to like. Yeah, it it, it very much reminds me of a a, a tie in show like. Right. Like. You know, you'll, every time a movie comes out, you get a video game based on it, and it's usually crappy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like. I mean, in this case, I like the Spider-Man movie video games, but absolutely, I, that's a good comparison. That is true. Those those are probably the best Spider-Man games. That's uh, one thing. You know, Spider-Man appears in Civil War, and it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that version of the character because I recognize that that's a valid version of the character, but it's not my version of the character. Well, that, that's a version of the character that's completely molded to fit the needs of that movie, rather than introducing Spider-Man like they did with Black Panther, like like the Black Panther that they, they introduced for the storytelling. He fit for the movie, but but he's you can see him at least I can see him as like existing as his own character. Whereas with this Spider-Man, it's it's like Marvel, you know, it's Captain America, it's Civil War Spider-Man rather than Spider-Man, and I like that Spider-Man, but. To me, it's a lot more like you know, designed to bounce off the elements of that movie, rather than um, Peter Parker himself. Oh, so, what, what did you think about Spider-Man and Civil War? I don't think I've actually you know, we've actually talked about that. Yeah, I, I liked him. Like, I think Tom Holland did a great job. Um, I, I, we've gotten three very distinct Spider-Man for like from, from each each film yeah. series. You know what uh, Yeah, totally. You, you had Tobey Maguire, who those film series to me to this day they. They come off as a 60s Spider-Man sh- movie yep. set in in present day. And, 2002. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's what they were going for, but that's very much the Peter Parker they were molded after. Um, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. He was he was different. I think I think uh, Tom Holland has a lot more in common with with him. Well, no, he's got traits of both versions. Which, which I heard he was what he was kind of going after. He didn't want to em- just emulate, like, a portrayal, like, copy a portrayal of a character. Mm-hmm. But, and to me, when people talk about Garfield, they, they seem to complain that like, he wasn't nerdy enough. And it's like, I'm sorry, but the idea of what nerdy would be changes with the zeitgeist. It's not like, when that movie came out, you know, Bill Nye is an internet meme. You know, it's a post-Nerdegeist Tyson world. It's cool to be into science, like... You can't. If you had a guy walking around in a bow tie with like a square haircut, he's a hipster, and he would be the coolest guy in the school. That's a very interesting point because, like, 
I personally feel that like people take the idea of Spider-Man being a nerd and extrapolate it to their own concept of what that might be, rather than and this is totally this is totally like a fanboy thing, but like, adhering to like what was actually in the comics. Because if you look at like the Steve Ditko comics, I mean, yeah, he's a he is a science nerd, but like that's that doesn't that's not always going to restrict him from social situations, especially once he gets his powers. Like once he gets his powers, he's like this Mac Daddy. Like he's he's hitting on Betty Brant, you know, he's getting he's picking up Liz Allen, like and I feel as though that like people who were introduced to Spider Man through Tobey Maguire, they feel that that's like the default personality he should be. Whereas in my opinion I mean I like Tobey Maguire okay. But he, even while those movies going on, he always was like I always felt that there was more room to go in terms of his Spider Man. And in my opinion, Andrew Garfield get, gets the balance that's in my mind a lot closer uh, at this moment in time. Yeah, like, I, I really got the idea that that Peter Parker, Garfield's Parker, like, yeah, he skateboarded, but to me, like, the whole idea was Peter Parker, you know, he didn't have a lot of friends in high school, he was always a, kind of a loner, he, he wasn't popular, well, yeah, he's skateboarding, you know what he's doing, he's, like, off by himself skateboarding, like, he doesn't have any friends, like, that's something Peter Parker would do, I, I think. I, I gave so little shits about the skateboarding thing, I don't know why I was talking about, but, but also, like, um, Peter Parker also is a guy who's, who can be very charming, I mean, he's a guy that, like, once he gathers confidence in himself, women flock towards him. And I, and I guess that, like, I can at least see, at this late date, people's consternation with Garfield's Peter Parker in that. I think that, like, they, they, they saw that there was little distinction between his Spider-Man and his Peter Parker. And I think I can sort of see that. It doesn't necessarily bother me. But I understand, like, that's not exactly what you want in a Spider-Man, like, like a guy who's on all the time. So when it comes to Tom Holland, I mean, I said this in the comic film review. It was like his Peter Parker was Tobey Maguire and his Spider-Man was Andrew Garfield. And I can see that being a more preferred version. Yeah, I can see that because I think everybody kind of agreed. Tobey didn't have a lot to work with with Spider-Man. Like, and maybe, you know, maybe Garfield came off as a little too cool or too confident when he was Peter Parker. But, like, to me, Maguire, he, he should have grown past what he was in the first movie. He should have gotten more confident as he was Spider-Man, and he never seemed to. And I, also, I also think that, like, the, the plot of Spider-Man 2, and, which I, and I love Spider-Man 2, that I think that Spider-Man 2 is probably the best movie still, but, like, much of that is just about how hard it is being Spider-Man. So maybe there's no real time for him to, like, kind of come into his own. But he, but in Spider-Man 3, when he's supposed to, he's still kind of like that Tobey Maguire geeky personality, and I think that might be just be a part of his acting style, where it wouldn't really allow for a charming... Peter Parker, Spider-Man, in that way, which I guess is like you know, I suppose a problem that I have with the acting choice. But I don't know. well, yeah, with, with Holland, I, you know, they, he only had a couple scenes in the movie, and he did, like you were saying, he does serve the purpose of the movie, but I, I don't think that's to the extent of him not being the character he's he's supposed to be, and I don't think it's, I don't think it deters from his setting up his own film. Like we get glimpses of the character. Um, like, like, I like the mentor relationship that go on with Tony, because I like, I really like that in the comics. Even though the age difference is drastic, is much and it, and it led to disastrous results in the comics. <laughs> yes, yes. Which I, I imagine we're going to get some of that in the movie. That'd be awesome. I, I, I would love to see like that scene from um, <laughs> One More Day Part One where he webs him up in the alley. That would kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. He just completely hands him his, his helmet. <laughs> um, I'm personally, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't love the whole. You know, he's basically an intro for Tony Stark kind of thing. Um, because I do prefer Spider-Man to be a singular solo kind of character. It works for the MCU. 
But I just don't want it to like you know. I mean, and I, I'm I'm not I'm okay with RDJ being Spider-Man Homecoming, but I don't want Spider-Man's agency to be restricted to like his psychic. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean, like if you I mean, and again, I don't want to like just ping back to like the comic books. But if you read the comics, especially in the Stanley run, every single time he went up against the Avengers, he would start fighting them. Like it, when they want him to be an Avenger in Avengers uh, or ASM Annual Three, they get in a fight. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was a big douche to most other heroes. <laughs> like his very first issue, he gets in a fight with the Fantastic Four. Like <laughs> working for money. <laughs> um. So I mean, so and I understand like you you, you don't want to do everything from straight from the comics exactly like it's a different world, but I just don't want because to me like I mean how much have you seen of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon? I've seen a good amount and I find it enjoyable, but like I was saying earlier, I I, I find Spider-Man hard not to enjoy. But yeah, like that version sure. of the character, like I don't want that to become the MCU version. Yeah, I mean like to me that that's just like he's a teenager skateboards radical man and like that's not spider-man spider-man is like he's a young guy who matures because he's spider-man and i feel that like if he's going to be like you know the kid character of the mcu that's completely missing the point that's completely missing the point of, of, of who he is and i feel I, I worry that that might be the case that's to me that's something like a character like a uh, speedball should embody or something you know or miss marvel or or, or even not so much yeah. miles but like somebody who that like Spider-Man's youth embodied him only in so much as he was going up against all, all these other adults, but it wasn't like a marker on his personality. Yeah, like, I don't. I think it's given a lot more more significance than it, it ever was in the comics. That, that, that yeah, absolutely. Because if you look at the comics seriously, like him being he he didn't have to be a teenager. Like yeah, he's in high school, like I said, but like his personality and his sense of responsibility and the guilt that he feels that's not singular to him. And I think that Bendis did this perfectly in Ultimate Spider-Man, where he was a teenager, but he was still Spider-Man to where. It didn't influence his personality in terms of how he, like it, it. It felt very, very believable as the same character, and not just well. I'm writing a young character, so let me write these these cliches and you know uh, uh, complacently. Yeah, something I really liked with uh, Straczynski's run when he, you know, when he moved in with Iron Man and became an Avenger, or he already was an Avenger, but like I like how it was played off because he still felt uncomfortable about the whole situation, like being a team player, but. You kind of got the idea that he had earned it because he had he had matured and he had been a hero. Like if you just drop him into the Avengers as a fifteen year old boy, it it comes off a little like disingenuous. Yeah, and gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I had no problem with him being Avengers by uh, what year was that? Two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Roundabout. Yeah, like I had no problem with that happening because like you know that was like almost fifty years of him being so. So like it made sense if you. And I was talking about this with my brother. I was wondering, do you think in the MCU, will Spider-Man and Black Panther actively join the team of the Avengers? And in the Avengers movies, they're going to be in a, in a Quinjet or the team. I was, I was like, is that going to be the case? Because, like you say, if he does that in the as, as a teenager, that's 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 wrong. That doesn't work. Well, see, like, like I, I honestly hope that, um, and I, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is going to be that major of a part in Homecoming. He'll be the villain. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he's going to show up. I don't even know if he's going to don his armor, but you know they they love to sell new toys, so he might. But like I don't I don't see like the third act being Robert Downey like being Iron Man and Spider Man teaming up in Spider Man's movie. I, I, I honestly I give I do give them more credit to like not have Spider Man just be a kiss ass to, in his own movie with Iron Man all the time. Like I, I'm sure that like R D J will be there because there's an established relationship, but it will be all about Spider Man. 
Yeah, I could see him having a couple scenes, like, you know, touch and base, mentor, and Spider-Man, which is cool. You don't, like, I, I, I like when he has a scientific role model. Mm-hmm. But, uh, to, as far as the Avengers films go, I think he's, they'd be crazy not to in, include him in Infinity War. Oh, sure, yeah, he's gonna be there, but, like, I'm just wondering if he's gonna be, like, on the team or just in the films. I think, I, I'm pretty sure, like, almost every character is going to be on, like, in there. Right. And, like, an honorary Avenger. It's gonna, it's gonna be like a, like a huge, you know, crossover event where he, he's not, you know, giving membership, but he's there helping him, or he might be an honor, an honorary member, like, like, I don't, you know, the beginning scenes of, uh, of Civil War when we got to see the, the team in action, like, I don't see that happening. Right. But I, I see him kind of joining the battle and, you know, or maybe them, everybody splitting up into two teams or something, like, yeah, like, I, I think him and, and Black Panther will be team players by the end of the movie, but I don't think they're going to... But like, they're the not going to assign their allegiance to the team. Yeah, yeah, like I don't I don't think the, the next Spider-Man movie is going to start off with him, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta go meeting with the Avengers. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's like, like, still something to me in the comics that's, like, pretty irreconcilable. So, like, yeah, that's been, like, almost... It's been almost about 10, about 10 years now, and it still feels weird. <laughs> Well, it's like you got all the, like, anytime a character has so many, like, solo series, plus he's on a team, plus he's on a team, like, like, at least in, with Spider-Man's case, he lived in Avengers Tower, but even in his own books, like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad, like, oh, I'm living in Queens. And, and, and the reason was because, uh, friggin' Molten Man 2 blew up Aunt May's home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, his childhood home, gone. Yeah, like, he had no place to live, that's why, like, it, it wasn't like, well, I'm an Avenger now, I'm packing my bags, it was like... Tony, I'm homeless. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, I actually like how they've split up the Avengers teams in the Simpsons up to this point because at the end of Avengers 2, yet we went from like the Silver Age Avengers to like the quote unquote new Avengers. And then by the end of uh, Cap 3, you basically have like the, the Avengers and the Secret Avengers with, Cap, uh, with Tony's team and Cap's team. So like, I like how they're kind of divvying up the characters at that point. But I think that the ones that like can carry their own movies start to be like their own people. Like, I don't see Doctor Strange joining the Avengers. Um, Unless Bennis is writing it, um, but that's neither here nor there. I uh, think I think he'll 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 show up in the movie, and yeah, I don't think he's gonna be a member. But. Yeah, they're, they're definitely gonna be there. That's why they're having the movies in the first place. But they're not gonna be like you know signing contracts. And, yeah, and stuff. they're not gonna be signing the accords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do think uh, I do think it's a good place coming coming with the two teams of Avengers because that really sets up the you know the next two films, and of course you know they're they're gonna have to come back together, and that's gonna be a huge huge geek out moment. You know? Well, between, between the Avengers and uh, the other Avengers and the Defenders, I'm just wondering, like, like, just call each other, like, different names, like, like call each other the West Coast Avengers or friggin' Force Works, which I love. Uh, but, uh, back to Spider-Man. What I liked about Tom Holland, um, I think I've probably said this on the comic film episode, but, like, uh, I liked how he was, they definitively showed him to be smart in the way that Peter Parker is. Like, you know, oh, you can say, like, you know, he doesn't have his costume or whatever, but he straight up made the web fluid himself. Like, that was his own genius design you know, that, that impressed Tony Stark. And I like how, although he's kind of shy and withdrawn, when he's pushed, he takes himself seriously. Where, you know, like, like, like when Tony's teasing about telling Aunt May, he webs his hands like that. Like that. So, like, that to me, like, gives me hope that, like, they do know who Spider-Man is, and it's not just, you know... Iron Man's bitch. <laughs> yeah, like you get you get ideas of where he's gonna go, shades of the character he can become. Like, 
and then really like, like his sort of like you know like I gotta do something for Mr. Stark that was basically just him being making light like Spider-Man does he wasn't like being serious like he was just like kind of just like being jokey while he's also kind of doing what he needs to do so yeah and, and ultimately he he's responsible for essentially saving or not saving the day but get, getting you know the secret Avengers captured he, he brings down giant man like Rhodey and Iron Man weren't doing that like oh that, that would be so good <laughs> um so what would you say are your favorite like runs uh, how, how much Spider-Man have you actually read like have you read the, the, the old stuff like the essentials have you read like the stuff from the 80s uh, the modern stuff obviously like Ultimate Spider-Man like what's your cachet with that uh... I've read a good amount of the 60s stuff mm-hmm. um not much of the 70s some of the 80s majority of the 90s and the 2000s so really the 70s is like my blind spot 70s is good stuff man like you got you got Conway there I mean, I mean sure you read the death of Gwen Stacy right yeah so you, you got that in there Harry becomes the goblin um, read that too yeah so there's, there's, I would, I would recommend like it's just like the Conway stuff and the Wolfman stuff. The way, the Lynn Ween run, the Lynn Ween run, I think it's kind of average, it's kind of mediocre, but it's not bad. Uh, um, and then the 80s is basically like you know it's, it's almost like two or three generations of Spider-Man fans. You like the old stuff, and then you're like an 80s guy where you have all the Hobgoblin stuff and uh, late 80s with Venom. Um, I love the 90s. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. My brother and I were at a comic shop yesterday, and they released a trade of, like, Carnage, where you have, like, the original Carnage story and, like, the Carnage miniseries, and, like, not Maximum Carnage in there, but, like, pretty much every Carnage story of the 90s, including the one at the end where freaking Venom eats the Carnage symbiote, which is, which I thought is just, like, glorious and hilarious. Yeah, no, that, that story was, like... Retcon quick as hell when they realized, oh yeah, we just you know got rid of one of our coolest villains. Yeah. So he finds the other symbiote in the negative zone. Like, what? <laughs> I remember when that happened. But I, I, I've been talking too much about myself. Like, what? What of the runs do you really love? <clears throat> I yeah, you know, I think my favorite run is probably Straczynski's. Oh, sweet, me too. Like a fa- fairly current run, but just because it dealt with Peter, like I love Peter being a teacher. <laughs> to me, that's that's like what he should have been doing it fits the character so well like because yeah he's at a point in his you know in his superhero career where he's not like he's not old a veteran but he's old enough to be like an older brother to younger characters and the cool teacher to kids and you, you just see like he gets a he gets a kick out of out of teaching science to others like absolutely so uh, yeah, I just love, I love seeing the character mature to that place and get to that place. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I I like him being married. Like, you know, a lot of people do. You don't have to sound ashamed. <laughs> but but I'm not a, I'm not opposed to him being a single character. Right. Uh, like he, he he was obviously a single character for a lot of his history, and he and he were good stories. But I also think that you can have good stories with him being married. Like you don't have to you don't have to go through a crazy contrive stories to unmarry him. Well, I mean, I, I, I understand what the, the difficulty of writing a Mary Spider-Man, especially when everyone's favorite version t- it, it tends to be when he is single. The thing is, though, is that, like, JMS wrote the marriage so damn well. The, the, to go from it being the best that's ever been written to, like, the worst way to retcon it, that's... that's yeah, that's my biggest complaint. It's like, if, if the marriage was being written consistently bad... And they were like out of ideas. I could kind of understand, like, all right, well, we're, you know, we're gonna do something drastic and shake it up. But no, yeah, like, 
his relationship with Mary Jane was one of the best parts of that book. Like, the family unit between him, Aunt May, and Mary Jane, like, and, uh, Jardis. That was so good, and then to turn around and have it, like, yeah, just wiped away. And then replaced with bad stories of Spider-Man being single, like... But they could have not have done more to, like, just really torpedo their reputation, uh... In the transition from one more day to brand new day, because I don't care. I, don't, I do not care what anybody says. Brand new day sucked. It sucked thoroughly and consistently from 2008 to 2010 when, when Slot got on there. It was awful. That, that's when they had the rotating cast of, of uh, authors, right? And yeah. artists. Yeah, the webheads, the brain trust. Now, was Guggenheim was doing that, wasn't he? Okay, um, I, I dropped the book like three times during that, but yeah, Dan Slott, Mark Guggenheim, Bob Gale, Mark Wade eventually, um, Joe Kelly eventually. Um, I just know everybody Everybody who's like in the Arrow fandom hate, I think, Mark Guggenheim. I actually really like the Guggenheim stories. I, like, I think he did like Craven's last time or something. Oh no, Craven's. Grimhunt? Grimhunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did was that. Grimhunt, was that Brand New Day technically? Yeah, my, from what I gather, like everything before Slot's consistent run is brand new day, and Guggenheim did that. Um, the I think the only stories that stand out to me from the whole brand new day era are, and I got most of them. Like like I was, I stuck through that for a long time. Like Shed, I stuck through Shed. Like, okay, who I was I was just thinking. Who, do you remember? Uh, who, I remember who wrote Shed. What? Do you remember who wrote Shed? Hello. Shit. Do you remember? Oh, oh. Oh, uh. I think it. Was it Zeb Wells? Yeah, that sounds like Zeb Wells. That sounds like Zeb Wells. Yeah, I think you're right. Or Van Lint? No, I think it is Zeb Wells. I don't know. But, like, the only two stories I remember are, uh. Grim, Grim Hunt and New Ways to Die. I actually own New Ways to Die. That's, like, one of the. That's, like, the only Brandy Day trade I own. Which, which, it, it's decent. It's, it's not bad. Dan Slott wrote it. Uh, John Rita Jr. drew it. It's perfectly... I think it's perfectly uh, palatable. Yeah, like, that's... That was probably the best it got. Like, <laughs> And I remember that book came out. I was like... Or it was coming. It's like, oh, it's like, please let this be good. Like, I was, like, holding breath for that to come out. Because, yeah, the books, the books were just consistently not fun to read. I mean, even if you liked the whole, like, senior Peter Parker aspect... They completely rewrote the character. There's no connective twitchy between JMS's like matured, confident Peter Parker to a guy who's like, "Oh no, someone's gonna find my secret identity!" Like, like, and like just flipping the frick out, um, which I can't stand. Uh, it's it's like they, they pretend that like the people who read the comics for the last twenty years don't are like non existing and like they're just writing it for like seventies audiences. Yeah, you know, like the whole idea of secret identity is antiquated a lot of com- in, uh, in a lot of comics, but. Like, with Spider-Man having one, it makes sense. But I was never a fan of, of the character taking it that seriously. Like, well, I mean, he, the, 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 he goes through some asinine things to keep his identity. Like, and he's, yeah, he's just freaking out over it. But I can't remember what issue it was. I think it might have been Brand New Day. But there's the wreck in the, the train, and Peter saves the day. But, he, like, by the time the lights come back on, he's barely got his mask on. And I was like, that's cool. I like that. Like, I don't, like, it, his, he shouldn't be scared of his secret identity being revealed to the extent that he's not willing to help people. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, well, I, I like, I like the secret identity with Peter Parker, but, like, to me, it's like, 
when you revoke it from characters who've known for years, like Norman Osborn. Oh God, that yeah, that's terrible. It's just then, it's yeah. do it consistently, right? Well, don't retcon Stanley comics. Don't because you're going back to the ASM thirty nine. Don't do that, and there's no good reason for it. Yeah, but they they did it so poorly. Like, it's not just one character. Oh, they got amnesia. No, it's like you kind of pick and chose. Like, oh, nobody knows his identity. Why? Oh, uh, they finally revealed it. Like. They, they were going going along, playing along as they went. They, they had no idea. Are you reading current ASM? I haven't yet. Um, I, no, well, I've been reading about it. I, I'm really interested in what they're going to be doing because, oh, yeah. honestly, it sounds like they're getting rid of one one more day. You know what? Within the past few weeks, it's, it's – it's, I don't know if I can hope for that. I mean, then again, DC Rebirth just, just completely validated five years of pain, but – I, I feel that like Marvel is a lot more vindictive than DC might be, but at the same time, you know, stranger things have happened. What I was gonna say is that like I've not been reading because it, it sucks, but like I've been glancing at uh, the odd issue here or there, and Tony Stark does not know who Spider Man is, and it's completely disconcerting, especially when all of Civil War was about to- uh, not about Tony and Peter, but like that was a gigantic element of that era of Spider Man. So like to retcon that for no flipping reason, especially when he knows in the movies, it's like what the, f- the hell is the point? Well, and then yeah, like. You're you're creating vast inconsistencies. Like at least it was dealt with with Johnny because Johnny's like I used to know and now I don't. What's going on? Like right. this doesn't make sense. Tell me. And that was Dan Slott. Like that should be Tony's reaction, not oh well oh yeah okay. What get your friend Spider Man? I was like oh blow me. Like like I don't get the appeal of that. I don't know why they do. I mean I understand not having J. Joe and Jameson now because that's a pretty big story to deal with and you maybe don't want to do that at this point in time, but. I think in the hero community, it it doesn't – to me, there's no value in doing that when the characters have been all so comfy and, 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 not, and close to each other for so many decades. It just you're, – you're, you are reaching for an era you can't come back from. Yeah, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him – you can't have a universe as tenured as the Marvel Universe is with as – As incestuous as these characters are. Yeah. And then have him – you're like, oh, that Spider-Man character. I'm going to – you know. I'm gonna have to go after him. He's he's a menace. Like that's that's and, pretty much. And you about. have Miles for that. You, you can do all the, all the cheesy teenage crap with Miles. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially with Miles being in the the main universe now. Like, because Miles doesn't know who he is either, does he? Uh, no, he doesn't know. I don't. No, I don't think he knows who Peter is. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Like very 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 few people do. I mean, Mary Jane knows. The FF know. I believe like Ben has had. The Avengers, no, but I thought Iron Man was including that. I guess not. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I thought I remember the issue where he had to like re-reveal it because right. isn't it, a fight for that? Isn't it like once you re- reveal it, it's kind of like the, the Wally West thing, like all the memories come back. Exactly, like like once once you reveal it, they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember when when uh, Johnny Storm got ready. He was like, oh hey Pete, like. So, but I, I know it's, it's, been, it's been inconsistent. I'm not read the Avengers thing, but I heard about it. But yeah, like it, it, honestly, it does sound like uh, they're going to be getting rid of one more day. Which I know that that Quesada always said he had like a trilogy planned, which I think was completely pulled out of his ass. I don't think he did. I just he just said that because well, I think it was what was the story? Uh, one more day, he, then one moment in time, which was worse. Yeah, one moment in time, but that's when he started saying, "Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a." Uh, a trilogy planned of stories. To complete my misery. I hate that story. I hate one moment. But like the thing is, is like you one more day as a story is so indefensible. 
I mean, it's not even the getting rid of the marriage in that way. It's it's the whole deal with the devil. You cannot justify it. You can't sit in front of a crowd and justify that and, and like go to sleep at night. So, if nothing else, they gotta get away. And, they, and they've been hitting it. They've got like we're in ASM. Tony is like, wait a minute, you lived at Stark Tower, and then he and Mary Jane are like, oh yeah, you know, you were with Spider Man, and you gave him that armor, and he and I were living together. And Tony's like, I don't remember this. And then you have Spider Man and Deadpool, where Mephisto's like talking him, like, oh, you don't know what I did to you. And that's way, that's it's like referencing the Clone Saga after so many years of not referencing the Clone Saga. Yeah, it's re- it's like, all right, you you wouldn't just randomly drop these hints in there, like. And also, uh, Aunt May is like coughing on blood, so she's dying again. But I mean, like, one would think that like that would mean the the deal would be off if she dies. Which honestly killed the bat, like. Yeah. Yep. Again, she had a great death. Do it again. She's had more than one great death. <laughs> no one <laughs> likes Aunt May. Kill her. Like, like honestly, and this it, it honestly it, it's playing into a lot. It, a lot of similarities to Rebirth. Like, I'm feeling like it could do a lot of similarities because, it, yeah, like, if Aunt May dies and Peter remembers what happened, like, that's that could cool. be some... That, that could be very good character beats. Like, if he remembers he made a deal with the devil or Mary Jane made a deal with the devil, I don't remember how it actually went down. It was... It, it, Peter was like, well, I don't know. And... I, yeah, Mary I, Jane was like, okay. Well, 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 Mary Jane, like, whispered sweet nothing. But Peter did say, grr, do it. Like and he was he was pushing it he, like 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 he it wasn't even like Mary Jane and him wanting to leave like leave each other so it, like the whole the, the crux of one more day is like this is a bad thing that's happening but we've been enjoying it ever since two thousand and seven it's such it's such flawed logic and storytelling well that's I mean that's the same thing as Flashpoint right like ever since Flashpoint it was like this you know right yeah Flashpoint was dimension. all Flashpoint was all about Barry Allen ruining the timeline and. We just like pretended that like we're never you know that was okay. We 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 don't have to mention it further. Well, yeah, like like the new fifty two and the post one more day errors, they came out of altered dimensions, like altered timelines. Just like it's it would be like if the Age of Apocalypse or the House of M storyline just stuck around. Like exactly, like 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 these aren't natural events. These are these are active molestings of the time space continuum. In ways which kind of demand to be uh, realigned, but because you know we need sales, we're just going to keep it like this. Yeah, like that's like honestly, uh, whenever Flashpoint happened, I was like, all right, well, this can't last. Like, like clearly, it's, they're going to revert it. They did eventually, but I, I, do you do you think that was their intention? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was I was ground zero of the Batman universe. We watched them hem and haw so many times about because they they did not even have a timeline set up until Jim Lee said uh, five years, and we said that makes no sense. He says, "Why are you complaining? We gave you a timeline." When you have like characters who like 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 Batman was like forty one years old by the time that like the New Fifty Two happened. All of a sudden, like he's like barely thirty, but he's had like four Robins, including a Nightwing. Like so much clawed at, at the face of logic, and they try to yeah, say, "Oh, like, yeah, he still fought Superman, still fought Doomsday, but we just not mentioned it." It's like it, none of this makes sense. Yeah, you can't you can't have uh, a thirty one year old Batman with like a twenty five year old Robin. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. That, and, and, and the reason what Jeff Johnson be going around saying, like you know, DC is all about legacy. It's it's not about staying. It's about the next generation. It's about the histories of the characters because DC's been around longest. Um. And with Spider-Man, like, it's like, I feel as though, like, the people who are in Marvel right now, they have such a completely divergent perspective on the character than 
a lot of us do because like nobody was nobody has been begging spider-man to stay young i've seen the odd article saying he's all about youth but that is such flawed logic that kind of claws at like the nature of the character um because like i mean I, stanley had him graduate in issue 28 in like 1965 i think well that's that would honestly be like if they were like you know what everybody wants an unmarried fantastic four yeah, that's pretty much what Dio did with his freaking Aquaman. <laughs> but exactly, like, like it just—it's like no, no, that's the version you remember of the character. Well, and, and you're making—it—it it feels like they're trying to be young and hip at, a, at an audience who's not asking them to. Like they're trying to put like, oh, well, nobody likes marriage. Well, no one said that. Has anybody like not liked a comic character because they've gotten married? Anybody at all? No. And I mean, make it worse. They tried to do an unmarried Peter Parker in the '90s and immediately reversed it. Like. You had Ben Riley, unmarried. Yeah, yeah, you had Ben Riley. They tried killing off Mary Jane, um, they had, and they had Mary Jane and Peter separated for a while, which was which was fine. But like they stuck, JMS stuck true to the characters. Yeah, well, yeah. Honestly, like with, with Ben Riley, like you had a single Spider Man, and you you did justice to the character of Peter Parker. Like you didn't have to. And now you have Miles Morales. Yeah, like so. Why do you need two Spider Man in the same like? hitting the same beats of the story like you don't we got negative fairly quickly didn't we <laughs> I mean I'm honestly excited like, if they do reverse this like if they're beginning to kind of see the error of their ways they better like if, they, if they're gonna do a re- like a rebirth on Spider-Man that, 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 I mean I mean, I swear to god that I'm not playing they, they, like that is not a thing that like oh they get around to it that has to like, like I will not die until they do that because it is such an obvious wrong that that they glue-headedly did, and no one feels good about it. So. No, no. And and you have to like they have to be seeing what DC's doing and seeing the goodwill they've garnered. Like absolutely, I've I, I enjoyed DC consistently for the last month, ever since DC Rebirth, week after week after week, on such a continuous level, and it's all about them honoring what people actually friggin' liked about it. Yeah, um, like like just do that with your characters, like. Do that, do that with your biggest character. The most. I, I, I'm moderately enjoying most of everything else I'm reading. You know, they, they have like a uh, totally awesome Hulk. I like that. You know, which is a new Hulk. I've, I've, I've been loving Miss Marvel ever since she first came out, Kamala Khan. Miles has been consistently great. Um, so, like, they're all about development and, you know, not staying stuck in the status quo. Um, Except with Spider Man. <laughs> and I don't, and yeah, slots made them rich and all this kind of crap. Um, and that's not my take, but at least I appreciate the effort in bringing new stuff. But don't socially retard him by, like, you know, making him more geekish and, and having him be single and can't get a date. Like, eh, whatever. Um, what else can we talk about? Uh, let's see. Uh, what are these Spider-Man um, video games that you've enjoyed? Maybe? <laughs> Go into positive room. <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed most of the games I've played. Uh, I think the first one I played was... Oh, God, like uh, Spider Man and Spider Man and the X Men in Arcade's Revenge. <laughs> game was hard as hell. It was, it was a terrible game. It, yeah, it was. Uh, I like that. I, I had Maximum Carnage. I still, hell, I didn't yeah. beat that game until I played it on computer and used like cheat codes, like three years ago. Yeah, the, the the best I ever did was like up to Carnage at the very end. But like, I can't. My brother can beat that game easily. I can't beat the game. It's no, no, I think I got to like. Central Park, where you fought him like the very first time. Yeah. Right, right. It's, it was incredibly hard. They don't make games like that. Anymore. I mean, 
it's a good game, but, but it's, it's, it's definitely hard. Yeah, I, I, I love that. The the PS1 Spider-Man game is a classic. Absolutely. To me, that 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 takes the, the Spider-Man 90 show approach to it, mm-hmm. in that it's heavily influenced by the actual comics. Like, So there's so many friggin' costumes you can get in that. They, they didn't try to like go its own directions. Like, no, they were just pulling directly from from the comics. And it was a straightforward like comic book story. You know, Doc Ock, Carnage, Venom, Black Cat, the Rhino, Mysterio. Like, it was... It, they, I mean, I don't know the background behind that, that game, but that was clearly done by fans. Yeah, yeah. Same, same people who make the uh, Tony Hawk video games are made. The That's right. That's yeah. absolutely right. But I know, was it Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 where Spider-Man was a playable character? Or like two. A, two. Two, okay. Because uh, Wolverine and Darth Maul were playable characters. That's right. <laughs> We've lived too long. <laughs> but yeah, and then once, uh, once Spider-Man 2, the video game, came out, I was like, this is the best game ever. That, that like, no pun intended, that changed the game. Because, like, the, the webbing mechanics... And they, they've never gone back to those. I don't have, know why. Have they not? No, like, because uh, the one that came out right after that was Ultimate Spider-Man, which was very good also. Yeah, it, it was. was. Traded. I think it was, I think Bendis even writ, wrote it. Yes. And, like, that story is supposedly still canon to Ultimate Spider-Man, like, all the way through. Yeah, they retrofitted it to the comics, but they basically did the, that, that game story in the comics. But the, the thing was, like, what I loved about the Spider-Man 2 controls is that every time you hit a shoulder button, he would he would shoot the web of that the arm, left or right. And you could continually web swing through the city like he does. And then uh, ever since Ultimate Spider-Man, they took that away. It's You pretty much will shoot a web, jump, shoot a web, jump. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that because it's, it's like that's not actually how he does it. He does it from arm to arm and he swings. He doesn't like just like jump. From, like, it's, it's not like, you know, a, an obstacle course where he just jumps from one rope to another. Yeah, it makes it it's, it makes it more streamlined. Like you'll go straighter, but it, it's less fluid because yeah, in the second game, he would web swing and kind of swing to the left or the right, and then he'd have to shoot another web and then swing to the other direction. So he's kind of zigzags, but that's how it would. That's how he did in all the TV shows. That's how he would do in the movies. So it made sense. Like yeah, because like I'm not played. Uh... I don't think I've played any Spider-Man games since the Spider-Man 3 movie game. Like, I've not played What of the Shadows. I've not played Friend or Foe. I've not played the... Oh, that's not true. I did play... I have Shattered Dimensions. I've not beaten it yet. I've only, like, beaten Craven, And I've not, I've not played that since. Uh, and I've not, I didn't play, like, the other one. Uh... It was... Yeah, it was... Uh, it wasn't Shattered Dimensions. It was Edge of Time, I think. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like Dance Knight wrote that one, wrote the first one, and then, like, Peter David wrote the next one. Which is awesome. Yeah, that uh, you know, all of those I've enjoyed all of them. Um, web, uh, not web, uh, uh, web is web, is, web of shadows. Yes, web of shadows. Yeah, that one was cool because you, you get a symbiote and y- you've got two different play styles depending if you if you use the red suit or the black suit. Th- that one was really cool. Um, I really like Shattered Dimensions, even though it's not open world. You know, it's level based. I, every Spider-Man game doesn't have to be copying Spider-Man too. That's what I presumed generally, except for like except for Shattered Dimensions. A lot of them were basically doing Spider-Man Two, but not, not not expanding on it. Yeah, uh, Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time both were like level based, and I like those especially because they had alternate versions of the characters, and all the actors came back. That was awesome. Hell yeah, CDB. <laughs> yeah, like, like I feel like in that game he got a chance to act, kind of like act, like actually act a little more and bring a little more to the character than. Whatever they make, like the the regulations and all that. He yeah, had they made him Batman, Spider-Man. They made him uh, 
in Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. But you had him as Spider-Man Noir, you had Josh Keaton as Ultimate Spider-Man, you had Neil Patrick Harris as 616 Main Spider-Man, and then you had uh, Dan, Dan Denny. as uh, the Spider-Man 2099. Which is awesome. Yeah, and then uh, in the sequel, uh, CDB plays Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, and doesn't Josh Keaton play... Yeah, Parker. Because because I do, like, those, I mean, obviously, Christopher Daniel Barnes was always a be like my Kevin Conroy for Spider-Man, but Josh Keaton's, like, right up there for me. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's right up there. And that game, like, some of the interplay they have is is hilarious. Because they can communicate with each other through the timeline. So, like, when you're playing as one, the other one's talking you through the mission. I wonder if that game kind of led to the emphasis of Spider-Man 2099 being in the comics again. Uh, it had to do... It had to have some impact, because... Like, I, don't, I don't remember people saying, I really love... I mean, I love that level in Shattered Dimensions, but I don't remember people saying, like, this is the best part about it. But, like, yeah, he's he's been around for a couple years now. Yeah, he's he's got... He's came back from the edge of, like... The 90s. Yeah, yeah. And clones are, too, currently. Yeah, I feel that... I, I, I love the clones. I guess that's how I got into Spider-Man. But, like, I feel that, like, it's almost kind of a hipster thing to kind of bring the clones in, because there was such an embargo on him before, and now it's, like... Because I, 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 I still feel Marvel, Marvel itself is ashamed of the Clone Saga, but the fans like it, so they kind of just like throw it out there, like, "Oh, aren't we wacky?" But uh, that's actually a lot more. Uh, that's actually a lot, a lot, a lot more uh, indicting than I should actually be. Because I, I, I'm definitely going to be reading this upcoming story. Okay, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, wh- what do you think the ramifications of it are going to be? Because I'm assuming there's going to be some. Okay, so like, every, Dead No More is basically everybody being cloned, right? All the dead people being cloned. Is that like the perception? Well, like, like someone got off their ass and actually cloned Ben Parker, because why not? <laughs> see, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's just kind of like, like the Jackal's back, isn't he? He's a he's a villain. Yeah, they, but they said he's not. He's not just cloning people. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if if they're actually gonna do like, oh hey, here's George Stacy. I think they are. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's, here's the thing. It's an interesting idea. Dan Slott. He, he has good stories and bad stories. He does not write stories that, that involve deep emotional resonance no. effectively. He just doesn't. And honestly, if everybody who died in a Spider-Man comic just comes back and starts roaming the earth, Peter Parker would go into a self-induced like mental coma. Because if you recall, like in the original concert in the 70s, he sees Gwen Stacy again and like goes into a fetal position the next issue. If he sees Ben Parker, Gwen Stacy, Montana, Gene DeWolf, Charlie... Um, I don't know Ben Riley and all those. Guys. I, I, he's not going to. He's not. He's not going to say, "What? Come on!" He's going to be like crying. So, <laughs> I yeah. Said, like I, I don't know if they just kind of use that image to promote the idea, like the the idea of the, of the story. Because mm-hmm. I can't, I can't see them bringing that that many characters in a in a yeah, story. This is a story that kind of demands to be like a year long thing and not just a four part issue, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, like. If you're bringing back all those characters, no, it's it's, it's going to be and, and too slots, slots done this way before because he did that story where Peter Parker, um, who died? Uh, oh, Marlo Jameson dies. He had that dream where everybody who he felt he had let down was around. And I know in um, ASM 700, he 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 was like dead for a minute, and like everybody who had died was around him. So like slot likes to like you know. Like, like measure the dick of his like Spider-Man knowledge and like show off everyone that he knows has died. But if he's going to do that, I mean, I just want him to like have Peter Parker act like Peter Parker and not like act like a blithering idiot. Do you think it's going to play into uh, all the the one more days? Um, like, it would be a way to do it. Yeah, because I mean, like, if they don't, 
clone somebody, if somebody actually comes back to life, like with knowledge, they're like, if they come back and it's like, well, you know, where's your wife? Like, <laughs> yeah, Ben Ben Riley would be like that. But also, I mean, like, I mean, because they, they they've been trying to bring back Gwen Stacy um, because they're idiots. Um, like, like Bertone's like, like he interviewed Casada. They nearly did it. Um, they've been nearly doing that for years, though, haven't they? Like, well, for Christ's sakes, we have Gwen Pool for no reason. Wasn't that just a cosplayer that they made into a comic book character? Yeah, well, yeah. Like her whole stick is that, and she's essentially like you know, like Superboy Prime is from our Earth. Like, yeah, she's really? just like stuck in the Marvel universe. Okay, well, I, I, that's that's good. okay. That's that's. Better than I, the, the worst case scenario. Like for some reason, Gwen Stacy's a, a, a mutant. No, um, it's it's literally just like a, a girl who cosplays as Gwenpool. Like okay, that's that. I like like that's a that's a cool idea. It's it's. I mean, it's it's kind of like a Squirrel Girl book. Like not something you take seriously, but and, and I don't mind Spider Gwen. I, that's a dumb name, Spider Gwen. But like the costume's excellent, and the pers- the idea of a, a universe where Gwen lived and with Spider Man and Peter died. That's interesting. But now I haven't I haven't read her book. Neither have I. I've only read the Spider-Verse. No, I, I've read her book, but I haven't read it since uh, the Secret War stuff. Or since I haven't caught up with the whole... Like, is she in the main... Or I guess, is she in the universe now? Or is she still a separate universe? From what I understand, she's still a separate universe. And I think she was in the Web Warriors book, I think. I, I only read Miles. I've only been reading Miles since uh, Spider-Verse. Like, I'd have a really big issue if there was a Gwen Stacy running around in the Marvel Universe... Especially, especially a superpowered one, and Peter wasn't. I mean, he met her, but no, I, I'm pretty positive she's only in her own universe. Okay, that, that's fine. Like some characters, I think can coexist. Like I think Peter and Miles can coexist. Absolutely. I could. I couldn't see. I couldn't see a Gwen being alive and Peter not being in her life. There's just too many scenarios where, like you know, if if this would be done, it would have major ramifications that they just. I don't know. Like, if Ned Leeds is coming back to life, we gotta have Betty Brandt <laughs> now more than ever. Um, I, I honestly, I really hope that. Uh, I say, I say, I really hope this, but I would love for Ben Raleigh to come back. Absolutely. But at the same time, I don't know if it's warranted because I'm assuming Kane's going to show back up because he's like alive. They just kind of forgot about that. Well, I mean, like, did did he die in Spider Verse? He. He died. He basically became well. He, you know, he became the other. Yeah, and then they killed him in the most undignified way. Yeah, but then at the, in the like last panel, he breaks out of his cocoon again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it literally happened. It's like he's done this before. I did not see that, but but sure. Yeah, because uh, he dies and he webs himself. Or he webs himself up into a cocoon, and then and he forced himself out like Peter did. Yeah, for a second or third time, like he did it in his own solo series. He did it in. Uh, Grim Hunt, like God in heaven. The man can't die, like which which he died a lot. He, he, I know he died at least twice in the, the Clone Saga, but like whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you bring Ben Riley back, like you, so you're gonna have Spider Man, Spider Man Miles, Spider Man 2099, Kane, and Ben Riley, and Silk. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't dislike Silk. I don't, I don't really follow her much, but I, I didn't like. Uh, I like the way she was written initially, but like I don't like I don't dislike her as a character. But also, we also have like Ar- Aranya still around, isn't she? Yeah, and I, I liked the idea of the Web Warriors book. Like I like okay, like take these characters who can't really sustain their own series, as they proved. <laughs> or you know when when Scarlet Spider was a member of the uh, New Warriors. 
Is that what? It, he, yeah, yeah. The, the, when Kane was a member of the New Warriors. Oh, him. Uh, yeah, he was a member of the New Warriors. Like, I, I like, I like. Basically, I just don't want the character to come back and then fall into obscurity. Well, we, you and I are currently witnessing this new era, which we are kind of not used to, where there is such a proliferation of Spider-Man characters, like Spider-Man-like fighters, that it could be almost its own universe. Like, it could, yeah. And I don't necessarily mind it. Because it doesn't automatically mean that, like, Peter Parker gets lost as, as a character. I do think because Slot just <laughs> – I know I've been bragging on Slot. It's, it's been – I, I spent a while since I stretched his muscles. But I do think Slot's been, like, dropping the ball in terms of differentiating him just because – just because you make him rich doesn't mean that, like, he's a, he's Peter Parker or whatever. But, but anyway, um, I don't necessarily – I don't – you know, I, I like the idea. I, I, I think the idea could be pushed further. But, like, it's definitely an idea that I don't dislike. I would see. I would, I would just. I would love to see a rich Peter Parker, who had Mary Jane in his life and had, because I. I don't think Aunt May. She still like lives in Boston or something, right? Well, she's still with. Uh, she's still married to J. Jonah Jameson's father. Yeah, that happened. See, uh, I don't. I don't mind that relationship. Like, yeah, like I know when it was happening, everybody was like, "Oh, he's either going to die because he's too nice, or everyone gonna, thought he was going to die to be a bad guy." Like, it's like no, I. I don't mind her. You know, being remarried. Like I liked when she was dating Jarvis. I like I like her moving on with her life. That's she's been, she, she, she dated Jarvis. She dated Nathan Lubinsky. She was flirting with the uh, the freaking mailman of the Fantastic Four. Dated Doc Ock. Yeah, she was a freaking nearly got married to Doc Ock. Like I mean, she, she, Bane Parker who? <laughs> and that's fine. I don't mind it either. I don't mind it either. But I don't think she would ever move away from Peter. Like well, she did. <laughs> I, think I think it's a waste to bring her back to life to have her there, and then yeah, like. No, she's not like uh, she's not nearly as interesting as she used to be uh, under JMS. Yeah, like I think yeah, like if you're, he, JMS was the only only creator who I thought gave us a reason why she should still be alive. Yeah, because she knew who Spider Man was. And that, yeah, and she had always known. I was like, that makes perfect sense, of course. Like, and now it's like you know wheat cakes and uh, here's here's the, here's my thing with Spider Man. He's my favorite Marvel character. I love him, but there are so many bad stories. That it's easy to can kind of slip and fall into the pool of man, doesn't this suck? And I don't like doing that because I, I I can actually like honestly on my own enjoy him fine, but when talking about like the, the progression between one 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 period to another, you get into a point where you you, you will reach a point where you, where you straight up don't like it, <laughs> and that's 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 my Achilles heel with Spider Man. Um, so I, I wish I had your blood that that I could uh just. Enjoy him whenever I wanted to. So what What would it take to? Uh, so you said you're not reading ASM, right? Um, no, I'm, not, I'm definitely not buying. I've read. I actually read the last two issues and hated them. But um, and I know I will be reading Dead No More, Clone Saga's Conspiracy. But because um, I, yeah, I don't even know what the current books are about. Like, I don't know. No, I don't know yeah, it's Uncle Ben Foundation. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing or care. I know he made a, a shiny suit and mm-hmm. he was hanging out with the Prowler, like. Right. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I mean, like to me, it's like because I, I, I think that Slot just really wants to capitalize on Peter's potential. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like he's just kind of done it in a way which feels copycat towards Iron Man. It's not uh, genetic towards Peter Parker. But then again, I've not read enough, to, so I can't say for surety. But from from my presumption and, and and familiarity with his writing style and from what I have read. It, a lot of it feels very, very like two dimensional. Yeah. So, what would it take for you to like be invested in the character again? Different writer. <laughs> yeah, I, I can get behind that. Because okay, I, I, I've been crapping on Dan Slott. Dan Slott is not a bad writer. He's. De- I, I liked Superior Spider-Man, but at the end of the day, it was enjoyable. 
and as much of a, as much of a Spider-Man fan as he always says that he is, and I know that he is, I just prefer Spider-Man. My Spider-Man is a deeper character than Dan Slott portrays. He he really is. He's a lot more three-dimensional. He's a lot more layered. He's a lot more psychologically complex. And even though Dan Slott's story can be entertaining, the Peter Parker character is kind of just written as a cartoon character. And I I have no time for that. I just think he. His tenure or his run needs to get, be done. Like, I really want a new writer on there. And I really want, like, I don't, there shouldn't, like, be a guideline for how long a creator should be on a book because, you mean, you got 13, 16 year old runs, right? Like, people who mm-hmm. consistently put out good stories, but there should be somebody to keep him in check and say, all right, Dan, like, let's move you, let's shuffle you along to something else. You're kind of getting stale here. You're, and it seems like, as a creator, he would want to, like... Well, I mean, yeah, he's his his stories for years, and honestly, that's fine. God bless him. Let him, ha- let him write his very character as long as he wants to, but I'm at the point now where I'm just waiting out to the next guy, because I've, I've, I'm used to his writing style, and it's not one that I jump back to the story time to, 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 to read more about. And But at the same time, Marvel Marvel's relationship with Spider-Man is so completely twisted that I don't know who could write him... This day, I mean, like Chris Doge Gage was it was an, was a decent substitute, but to me, honestly, really, to me, it's I need some I need somebody who can see more potential in Peter Parker as a character rather than just oh, well, I watched Amazing Friends. I have an idea of what he might be like. Yeah, that, that's why I liked that's why I liked Straczynski so much, and he had like a five year run, right? Like, yeah, Straczynski didn't know Spider Man's continuity from shit, but he wrote Peter Parker in such a way which felt exactly like he was in the Stanley Steve Ditko 60 days where like, it felt like that character had grown up and I just loved that portrayal of his personality. Yes. The supporting characters were like next to nothing. Yes. The villains were kind of hit or miss. Yes. The, uh, the Spider-Man totem stuff was a little uh, disquieting, but the character was so perfectly defined that he had me, he had me by the balls with every issue all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, when he introduced Moreland, that fight was awesome. That is my favorite Spider-Man story. The straight the- up. I mean, he was like he was in like what a twelve-hour fight or something. Yeah, he fought. He, he fought like, like like at seven p.m. He fought him at like three a.m. in the morning, and he was still coming out. I mean, you can't get. And that to me is like Spider-Man, not just so much fighting, but like struggling against adversity. Whether he's rich or not, whether you know he knows people know he's at dinner. Or not, struggling against adversity is all what Spider-Man's about. You yeah, saw I it. love that scene where he calls. He calls Mary, Mary Jane. Mary Jane, yeah, like. And she's not there, and he needs like five more cents to like continue the call. Yeah. Like that's that's the Parker look, right? Like not not this. Yeah, not not him being an idiot. Like like like, like, like feed you down feed down your throat. Like yeah, like, and that came from a television writer. So it's just like it can be done um, because because I mean, and again, like you know, everyone has their own version that's valid. I respect that. That's that's perfectly fine. I, I, I'm not mad that people like 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 love Dan Slott's run, even if I pretend I am. But at the same time, I personally find I personally find more value in exploring the character because that's always been there from the start and not just having these sort of like aesthetic details changed or whatever like the care like what about peter as a character has changed since dan slots like, like like his personality what about it has been explored since dan slots run nothing like you, you, it's like oh and he'd probably say oh he got rich well, that, does that change the character any like and all that, there, but there's been a, there's been a lot of like regurgitation like you know oh this is what i am i'm about responsibility this is what i'm like this is what i would do and like you're telling and not showing yeah, and it's like, okay, you know, if you take somebody who – Peter was always shown to kind of grow up not in poverty but middle class, like distinctly middle class. 
Yeah, hardworking, hardworking uncle and aunt. Like you take a character like that, and automatically give him a lot of wealth. That sh- I, I want to see how that affects him. Like, yeah, you know, like somebody who was struggling to pay everything now is a billionaire. Like that that would have big effects on on him as a character. If he's a billionaire, show him like like his mind boggling at what. I, I guess like the, the slots like having him create patents for technology that can help people and that kind of stuff. Like the sky's the limit, but. It feels like just settings for sto- settings for like the next supervillain fight, and not for like how does Peter Parker feel about this. Like that, yeah. I, 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 that to me as a focus is a lot more interesting than just oh golly, I'm, I'm rich now, and then oh no, it's Regent, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot all about him. Yeah, he's coming back, right? Like he is back. Like he, I, he's the guy that like has been around, and I don't know why because he was another dimension last summer uh, in that uh, we're doing your vow story, which was okay, but um. I liked it. Yeah, it, it, it was fine. It, it wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was definitely not bad. Um, Mary Peter Parker again, but um, that's another reason I think they're going to undo one more day. Like that's they're tying in a story that had, that featured a, heavily featured a married Peter Parker. Like okay, okay, and it's all these coincidences adding up to something. Like well, the, the, here's the thing: like undoing one more day, ideally and logically, has to have Peter Mary Jane married again, and Marvel will not do that. And I personally. Don't well. The thing is, though, is that like you know, because of like what they know or don't know, like they should be married. I, like they they left making a choice to separate to save someone's life. Not that they didn't want to be married again, but because of this deal, they've they've give, they've they've bought license to have Mary Jane completely resentful of Peter Parker, and that's not that that doesn't follow. It's like the Barry Allen Wally West timeline thing. Like that's not how it should be. So if they do want we do one more day, they will they will. Have to, and they're not going to, but they're, they're going to have to write Mary Jane to where, oh my God, Peter, I love you, and all, the, and I think that that, that would make the most sense. Should they re- reverse Mom one day? They're just going to reverse the the deal and have everyone get their memories back, but Peter, Peter, and Mary Jane won't get back together, and I would deal with that honestly because like the deal is such an albatross that it would just need to be done away with one way or the other. But at the same time, it would still be a loss towards the storyline because you would not be true to the original honorings of the story that Casada wrote. So it's a complete catch-22. Now, do you think that they could get their memories? Because, uh, yeah, like you said, they obviously have to get their memories back. Like, you you just, you can't have the devil beating one of your characters, like, and having knowledge over your character. Especially when freaking Ghost Rider's origin story is, is, is defying that same deal. Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right? The hell like, were they thinking with this? You, you can't end it that way. Like, now, whatever ramifications come out of that, like... If Peter and Mary Jane realize, hey, we were married, like, like they weren't newlywed, they were married for years, and here, here's how I would do it. And this is me playing backseat rider. Just reverse one more day, have Peter, Peter and Mary Jane like separate, but but by the end of a greater storyline, have them reconcile. You know, they've been they've been apart for a long time. They've had their lives are very different. They're very different people. But because one more day was was put upon the fact that their love was so great, he wanted to steal it. That should be recognized, and they would have to be back together. Even if you don't believe in the marriage, you set up to where like they, they, they would have to be together. Yeah, like I don't, I'd be fine with them not remarrying. I'm kind of, I'm kind of sick of the tension that that, that people that's keeping people being written in between them. But I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over. I like them being married, but I, I like I, I I can handle them not being married. Like if they realize you know that hey we were married and then all the resentment's gone and they're back together as a couple, like, they don't have to be married. Like because obviously. That's a lot to like process. Like, oh hey, all these memories came back. Well, I don't want them to immediately run to the courthouse and get married again. But like, you know, if they're a couple and they they 
all that time they spent together is remembered between them, that'd be fine. Like that's that's what I want. I can't believe I can't believe it's 2016. And we're still talking about this. To, no, to be fair, we haven't talked about like this. Isn't like something I bring up every. Oh know, no no yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not so much like we talk about it all the time. It's like I can't believe so much time has gone by, and this is still a thing that we're dealing with. Yeah 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 exactly. <laughs> Idiots. Um, <laughs> are there is there anything else you'd like to say about Spider-Man in terms of, like what you enjoy about the guy <laughs> and not like uh uh the trappings of the comic book universe? No no um yeah through through all that I I want you know I. I want to enjoy the character, like, and I, I do. Like, like I said, even when I'm reading a bad story, like, it's like, eh, you know, for me, like, it doesn't offend me when I read a bad story. It doesn't. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, what, you know, whatever. Like, it's not my Spider-Man. I'll just toss it, toss it along, and and continue on. Like, I'll read the comics I like of him. I'll I'll interpret the character how I want, which you know can lead us into our second topic because. I have another topic. I've got I've got some grievances to air out, and just like yeah, that's why we're here. This, 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 don't worry, guys. This is Dragon Ball related. Yes, yeah, this is just fandom related in general, man. Like a, a general consensus. Like when did when did people get so dickish? Well, let's let's take a break. Uh, put in the promo, and when we get back, we will talk about um, fandom behavior and Dragon Ball Super. So I'll just pop in a, a break and we'll be right back. Don't worry about your friend. You'll be seeing him soon in the next dimension. Dimension. We'll be right back after these messages. Doom Patrol. 1963. Doom Patrol debut. My Greatest Adventure, issue 80. 1964. My Greatest Adventure renamed Doom Patrol. Issue 85. 1968. Doom Patrol destroyed. Issue 121. 1976. The new Doom Patrol. Showcase 94. 1987. Doom Patrol Volume 2. Copperberg Lytle. 1989. Morrison and Case. Issue 19. 1993 Pollack Issue 64 2001 Doom Patrol Volume 3 Arcudi Hewitt 2004 Doom Patrol Volume 4 Burn Shush 2009 Doom Patrol Volume 5 Giffen Clark 2015 2016 Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast because we're waiting Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and Podbean.com So, Jesse, you were saying (laughs) Uh, Man, I'm just uh, Like, you, you and I have not watched Super yet Well, that's not true Um what? I have seen the last three episodes. <laughs> In fact, as of this recording, I actually watched the most recent episode. This is June 26th. Um, Betrayal. I apologize. Allow, let me set this up, actually, if, if you don't mind. Um, so, it's been, oh gosh, it's been like six, six months, literally, since, six or seven months since we ended the show, where 
I believe Dragon Ball Super when we when we when we did our Resurrection F review, Dragon Ball Super was adapting the Resurrection F movie, and we ended the episode. We ended our our podcast with me feeling very very hesitant to just get back into it because not only is this such a different era, but like Dragon Ball Super just did not instill much confidence in me uh, as a series. And to be honest, like a lot of that's still there. I just don't think it's a lot. It speaks to the creativity that the, that the original Dragon Ball manga had. Um, yes, there was reputation with like you know transformations and absorbing people and all that kind of stuff, but there was still like a through line of a stream of consciousness that that lent itself to creativity that Toriyama was was expressing. And I thought that we got that we got that same genetic tissue in a. Battle of Gods, but with Resurrection F, it was just fan service in a really kind of like entertaining way, I think. And I know that you liked it a lot better than I did, but to me, it felt like fan service that wasn't really indicative towards this furthering the story. And I've not watched Super for much of its run. Recently, you know, we can get into this. They brought back Future Trunks. Um, so I guess in terms of like like akin to our news segment, what did you what did you think about that one that was first brought up? I was about to say, yeah, fan service. Like, <laughs> I say that, but at the same time, like, I, I think there's more to, to you know mine from that well. Like, oh, sure. he's such a big part of the show. Like, he has such a big impact. And I know, like, dealing with the timelines and and all that was really fun part of the sh- part of the next dimension for me. Like, that was a really good like, era. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was just so crazy, and I like, had so much going on and so much to talk about. So. I don't. I don't blame them at all for going back to that. Uh, it's all in their. It's all in their delivery, like how how they go about doing it, and if they can do it to the same standard of what came before it. Like, well, isn't that isn't that the the, 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 the issue right there? Yeah, um, yeah. Like I remember uh, we were actually in Hawaii when I learned about this, and it's cool. Future Trunks is a great character. I personally was fine with him not only show up in one arc, but at the same time. I was never against him popping up again. I think to me, it's, it's it comes down to the fact that like, it's not so much like oh, Future Trunks is back, but it's like Future Trunks has come back from the future where everything's in trouble and he needs help because the future is in trouble. You guys, that sucks. <laughs> I don't like that. On top of which, the bad guy is another Goku looking XP. Like Toy Animation loves Goku so much that they just make him both the hero and the villain. <laughs> okay, I thought it was Goku. Um. Well, we don't know. Like uh, in, the, in, the, in the episodes that I've watched, because I've watched the, like, like the last few episodes where the Future Trunks storyline started, and Goku Black is the antagonist where he looks just like Goku. Um, the thing is, though, is that he's, he's like talking to Trunks, like, you know, oh, I want to destroy you, Saiyan. So, like, we don't know his backstory, but, like, because he looks just like Goku, they, they decide to call him Goku Black, both in universe and out. But, um, I don't know. It, like, 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 to me, that, that speaks towards a. A uh, failure of imagination. I know, I'm sure people are not going to like me saying this. Now, I like Future Trust. I, li- I like the design that he has. He is older. Um, there was a big controversy about his blue hair. <laughs> Which, Danny did a really good video on, on his uh, Geekdom 101 series that kind of distilled the reason why this might be. That's not really been explained. Um, where, like, you know, he has purple hair, but, like, you know, Goldman's hair is different than the manga, and why does he have blue hair? And it ultimately comes down to the fact that, like, Toriyama doesn't really care. <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't doesn't Bulma in the in the manga have blue hair? Well, she has blue hair in the anime and purple hair in the manga. That's right. But a lot of illustrations, and this is not just in Dragon Ball. A lot of illustrations in general, the coloring can be inconsistent. 
Well, especially when you get colors so similar as to blue and purple, like... Well, I mean, if, if you look at, like, the Ghost in the Shell manga, like, the major... Her hair goes, like, the gamut of, like, the rainbow colors of, of uh, you know, variations. And the thing is that, like, Toriyama was quoted as... This, Denny puts this in his video. Uh, Toriyama was quoted as saying, like, you know, certain things he doesn't necessarily care to keep consistent. I mean, he was... We talked about this. He initially was going to give 18 purple hair before someone said that's not correct. Um... And I think it's just, it's a both a combination of his lack of memory and his inclination to, to adhere towards what he set up before. Like, I'm a, to quote Cap G from the movie Dope, this is a man who does not give a fuck. He does not care about consistencies from one thing to another in large, not, not large quantities, but like in quantities, which I think the fandom really does. Um, and Trunks' hair is a part of that. But similarly, that to me is like a combination of I'm not loving the fact that it's Future Trunks finding a guy who looks like Goku and also there are changes to like what's been done before that just don't make any sense because like when Trunks comes back with spoilers he comes back in the past and someone says there's a guy in a machine Bulma says does he have blue hair despite the fact that A her son Trunks in the present has purple hair and two there was a flashback that showed him having purple hair originally like he did in the anime so it's a complete disregard of honest logic, which I think people are perfectly entitled to say, what the hell is up with this now? So they, they've established that according to, to Super, Trunks always had blue hair. It doesn't make it, but, but, but they also established that he had purple hair in the anime. Like, it's weird. And again, like, you look at Kid Trunks, he has purple hair. So, like, it's not so much an establishing as it is. It's just like, let's just make this more confusing for American fans to disagree about. <laughs> Um, See, I, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't care about things like that. Not because like it's inconsistent, but it's just like it's it's a visual design of a character that's like compl- like trying to break out theories on why an actor was recast. Like, well, like what happened to Mark? Like the Hulk after Incredible Hulk that made him look like Mark Ruffalo. Like nothing. It's suspend your disbelief. Like they just colored Trunks' hair a different color. My thing is that like I don't care either. I, I really don't. I'm annoyed that like they had Bulma say that because when you have direct contradictions in Kid Trunks and also the flashbacks, that's just that's just muddying the waters for no damn reason. But at the end of the day, I don't care. My thing is that, and this goes into what you want to talk about. People are free to question that in the way that like because it's like like Toriyama's lack of consistency is not something that that a lot of auteurs tend to display all the time. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of them do, but like, you know, enough of them don't. I think people are free to question that, but there's been enough of these so-called, like, drag, like these quote-unquote, like, professional fans. They're like, you know, stop questioning that. Like, like why, why, why? It's not that big of a deal. Why are you, why are you even asking this? And it gets to the point where, like, what's, what's consternating for me is that, on the one hand, Dragon Ball Super, in terms of, like, the broad strokes, has just not been all that interesting to me. Although I'm not, you know, so I can't speak for much of it. But similarly, the community—not I'm not saying the fandom, but the community online—has been so poisonous and so completely self-destructive that it it really makes me not want to get jump back into that pool again. Yeah, and 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 that's not to say any of our like listeners, anybody we've interacted with. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. We, we've I like things. We got the best of the best. Like everybody who's ever whoever wrote into the show, whoever communicated with us was very open and just like that's to me that's why I wanted to do the show connect with people and just 
like yeah, like you were saying, the mentality of professional fans, like like you and I are somehow above them. Like no, they're fans of Dragon Ball. We're fans of Dragon Ball. We happen to have a a, a venue to be able to express that. Anybody can do a podcast. Like we don't have any authority on it any more than anybody else likes it. Well, it's like ever since we ended the show. In my, in from what I've leaned upon, there's with with the coming on GB Super and all that kind of and new new manga Dragon Ball Heroes, there's been this complete resurgence of the not only the, not only the content of Japan but the fan community, and that's terrific. Like, if you went into the mall 15 years ago, you would see Dragon Ball Z merchandise for kids, and then it went away when Dragon Ball Z w- uh, went out of favor in America. Now that is back. It's more of a thing for people our age because we're older. So you will see uh, merchandise in Hot Topic to where it's not so much a nostalgia thing, but it's a cool thing to own. And that's great. I really do enjoy the research's popularity it has right now because, honestly, it's, it's even better, I think, in some ways. It's a lot more respected because it's something that we did like as, as kids. We like now, and we're proud to like it. What I don't like is that you have a lot of guys doing, doing the Lord's Wars work out there, like Danny, like uh, Kanzenshu, who – tell you the differences between the Japanese version and the American versions, tell you what certain things were about, why certain things happened, and really get to the heart of like what creates the Dragon Ball content out there and providing knowledge for people to learn from and really doing excellent work. I, re- I really enjoy learning more about it. What I don't like is using that knowledge and using it as a metric to say, I'm holier than thou or whatever, or I... You know, authority. If somebody doesn't know something, and some it's, and it's obvious to somebody else, they just get completely... It's a complete breaking down of communication. Like, just flaunting of disrespect. It's just... And I understand that, like, it's, it's frustrating when people don't know a basic thing about, about uh, you know, a property. Like, like I would not want people... I, pers- I know you and I disagree about this. I would personally would not, like, want people to, like, watch Dawn of Justice and take away that is Batman in its entirety... Like, I would not want people to, t- to think that Batman is like Ben Affleck's Batman. At the same time, that's how media property works. Everybody's going to have their perspective, even if it's misinformed. But you're, but you're also not going to sit down and tell somebody who likes the movie and say – who somebody who says, oh, yeah, you know what? That's the Batman I like the most. You're not going to tell, tell them they're wrong. No, they're not wrong. And, and not only that, I can, I can sit them down all day and say this is why I disagree based on this opinion, which I think leads you to be misinformed. And leave it at that. But I'm not going to, like, judge them over it. It's, it's like, at the end of the day, I don't think Dragon Ball Z is that important to get mad about. I really freaking don't. Like, um, and it, 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 just, it just speaks to this level of elitism, which I've, it's always had, it's always been there for Dragon Ball Z. It all, ever since the old days, it's always been there. But as much as the series and fandom online and the visibility has grown in scope, the negative image of that has just completely multiplied to where I, 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 I hate it. I really hate it. I can't stand people who are just like... Um, uh, and this, this goes both ways, too. This is not just the people who just know the Japanese version. This is the people who, like, double down on what their version is. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, the Japanese version sucks. I don't like Goku sounding like a woman. And, you know, uh, fuck Matsuko Nazawa. You know, fuck Ria Horigawa. Sean Shimmel for life because what I like is more important than, than that version and disregarding the original version. I don't like... You know, that's obviously... That, that, that's obviously stupid and shitty, and that is ignorant because you're not paying respect to like what gave you the the version that you like in the first place. Conversely, I really don't like this whole oh well, you're a tsunami dubby who only likes you know the stuff that was really crappy and you know oh, that dub sucked and you know whatever. Okay, the dub sucked, <laughs> but way, way back when everyone knows that. That's not that's not a secret. But 
that's not a reason to dislike it. I think it's it's all about perspective because if people saw that when they first saw when they first saw Dragon Ball Z, that's why they're here today. You know, I understand seeing the Japanese version and then seeing the dub and not liking the dub and resenting the fact that people like Dragon Ball Z based on the dub and its mistranslations and its mischaracterizations and its bad voice acting. I understand that. And I understand people using that as a matter to say, this is what Dragon Ball Z is. I understand that. But you got to let it go. That was 15 years ago. And Dan, Dan and I were talking about this on Skype one time. I said, to me, it's like people not liking the 60s Batman show in 2016. This shit is so old. Like, you are living in the past if you think this is relevant. Because we have Dragon Ball Kai. We have Super, you know, being like a simulcast on, on bootleg websites everywhere. Do what you're going to do, but don't tell people you can't like something because you don't, you don't like what they like. And sure as hell, don't tell people that, like, you know, well, you don't know this, because so, so your opinion is invalid. It's Dragon Ball Z. You know, it's, it's, it's an inconsistent series innately, even towards the manga. Like, it's not a consistent show. It's not a show which makes a lot of sense. And it's a show that you just watch and enjoy. And, I, and I'm not trying, I don't want to disrespect the guys out there, um, like, like Danny, or the guy who does, like, you know, like, this is what the dub changed, uh, that YouTube video. I don't want to, like, say, like, like, don't spread information and don't clear up mis- misconceptions and don't say what the Japanese version is about because it is a translation thing. But I don't like the YouTube commenters and the people on the message boards taking that and saying, this is why I'm saying fuck you. This is why you suck. This is why I hate you because you're not on this level and because you're not a fan of the version that I like. You represent everything that I dislike about my own fandom and community. Because how stupid did what I just say sound? Um, so I'll, that was my rant. Uh, what do you got? Uh, you know, it makes sense to me, man. Like, I, I don't get the idea that people seem to forget, like, liking something is purely an opinion. Like, I don't care how unpopular something is. If you like it, okay, cool. Like it. Like, or just, you know, like it or don't. It, no one is right or wrong with that. Like, I remember, uh, I remember one time, like, this is even myself, like on Facebook or online. Like when I see people overreacting like that, like I like to troll them. Like it just—it's an innate, it's an innate want oh, yeah. to do. Like calling people out on their assholishness. But like I remember, um, I have a friend who really enjoys the Twilight books, and you know those are like the punching bag of everything. <laughs> you know. And from what I've gathered, they're not very well written according to people who are like big into literature. Yeah. I'm just they're not just well well written at all. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's a thing out there. The story doesn't appeal to me. I have a friend who's really into them. And one night I was just like laying into the story, like and she got legitimately upset at me and I didn't know why. And her boyfriend was like, you know, like he he broke it down to me. He was like sometimes you get to a point where your people can pretty much insinuate like by liking something that they deem as not good that that affects the person like oh only idiots would like this and yeah that's what i see a lot online especially you know in dragon ball in in a lot of movies coming out like a lot of stuff like and there's nothing there's absolutely nothing i care that much about that i'm going to say like Oh yeah, yeah. This is so bad. If you like it, you're yeah, stupid. yeah. I- I'll throw it out opinion. there, but I never mean it. 
<laughs> it's always suggested. It's always like at a, at a lowered volume where I'm not like actively screaming to people online so they can see me and know where I live and say that I mean that. Yeah, but like there are people who legitimately think that way, like who are just so adamant in their opinions, which are opinions and subjective. Like this is wrong and this is why it's wrong. And if you like it, you are wrong. Like, no, but like whatever they want. Like, don't take it that seriously. It doesn't make you less of a. And I want to reiterate that, like, this is not like any anybody in our sphere. We've had like very, very excellent uh, listeners who have given us feedback in the four years and fifty seventy five plus. Uh, episodes that we put out on the next submission feed, there's only been one singular instance of somebody who listened to our show where, where we kind of had a bad uh, communication thing. And that wasn't even that kind of spirit. It was just a, a, a kid who was like hassling, so like, when's the next episode coming out? When's the next episode coming out? When's the next episode coming out? And then we, we put an episode out. Then like two hours later, he was like, when's the next one coming out? And you know, and, and that was a kid. You know, it was obvious like his of, of his age. That was really irritating. But that was like the only instance of even kind of negative uh, correspondence we had with with the listeners. And so, so it's 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 weird. It's weird to me because we had such good communication with the people who like DBZ in our sphere to like you know go away for a bit and see like what's left in in the battlefield essentially. What's left in the hemisphere? Yeah, like, especially for me, like. All of my interactions with the DBZ fandom is through the show. Like that's where I came in right. ground level. Like so, when Dragon Ball Super got big, I'm like it's blowing up, and I'm seeing all this negativity, all this like elitism. Like, like what is this? Like we didn't have any of that. Like, yeah. It, now I, I do want to say that like you know I'm kind of like, like like ragging on Dragon Ball Super. I've actually watched the last last few episodes, and I've enjoyed them. <laughs> It is like watching Dragon Ball Z again. Like the like the pacing is good. The st- I mean, like the broad strokes of like, oh my god, another Kaioshin or whatever. Oh my god, another it, like that's like that sucks. But at the same time, I'm not. I'm still watching it because it's interesting to me, and it has definitely reignited my interest in podcasting about it. But at the same time, because the show is so like, I don't like the theme song at all. I don't like much of the animation. It feels like watered down Dragon Ball Z. It feels like it's trying to recapture what it may not be able to. And I think it's, and I think it's because. Enough of the content is fairly lackluster that like people arguing about it, I find that even 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 dumber. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I, I, I understand online passions, um, but I think that like the the dark side of the internet is such a, a public and it's an open secret and a public joke at this point that I'm surprised that people still indulge in that. Because I can I can say for sure I have never like blasted somebody. Or just like you know, sworn at them, or insulted them, or tried, or threatened to kill them, ever in my life. But but for surety, not online. And to do something, I understand doing that over politics or gun control or you know the, the election or whatever. But Dragon Ball Super, <laughs> the show that just keeps on adding colors to, to Goku's hair. Like I've had people, you know, like, oh well, how can you not care? Like like you're not a fan. It's like what? No, like. I can still vastly enjoy something and not get worked up over it. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, it's, it's just, it sucks. It sucks. Um, yeah, I just, I, I want, like, I want people to lighten up to just be okay with other opinions and just, and just, yeah, not just not, not be so dickish to people. Just, just, just stick with pride. Okay. Why does that matter? Do, do do what Danny does and just you know put out these things because he puts puts this stuff out like ten like, like every day almost you know provide more content you know tell people 
well, I understand that you, that you like this version, but in this original version, this happened. And, like, not double down on it. If, if, you, if you dislike something, say that you dislike something and then like, leave it there. Like, you know, Jesse and I don't, don't agree on everything else. We've talked about stuff that, we, like, we, that he likes and I, I don't like or I like that he doesn't like. But talking to each other now, are we? How hard is it? <laughs> I don't... I don't... I, 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 disliking somebody over, over a media property is... It's so immature. It's so embarrassing. Oh man. And like it it, it sucks because I, I honestly like uh I mean Dragon Ball Super in the last three episodes I can say, despite my hesitation with like, you know, the premise and like the lack of true creativity in my opinion, it has been very good and I would like to talk about it. I would very much like to talk about it. Um you and I have been talking about it uh when we would like to do, redo the show. Um uh, and it's been like of working out of timelines because you're expecting a child, correct? Uh, yes, a human child. <laughs> An android. Um, and how far along is April? Six months. Ah, yeah, so like, it's more than halfway through the uh, pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's closing in, close, closer and closer every day. So, obviously, like the, like, like the concerns of whether us bringing the show back is even feasible is a real live concern. At the same time, though, I mean, I think that, like, we're both, like, if we want to do it, we, we would want to do it. Right? Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I know I'm in a, a much more consistent place, like, as far as working and and just in general. And April knows, like, I really want to get back in the game, you know, quote-unquote. Like, and she's completely supportive. And I know, like, if we do, if we do it, like, I can find the time. Right. Our schedule may be pushed around and... I mean, our schedules have always been pushed around recording oh, yeah. since the show started, but I'm confident that we can we can do it. Like I can I can make time for it because it is something that's important to me. Um, and we talked about uh, whether we were going to do Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Super. Sorry, GT fans. <laughs> and I, you know, I I, get, I got you like like the that three pack manga volume. Um, <laughs> um, but again, and, and, but I think at the same time, like. Uh, as critical of Super as I've, as I've been, it's not like Dragon Ball was perfect, perfect all the way, all the way, all the way through either. So I'm not saying I'm I'm I'm, I'm at all shutting the door on doing that. Uh, I'm expressing hesitation and frustration, but I'm not express I'm not saying no. So I, I'm I, I'm asking like right here and now. I'm asking because we've not decided this for ourselves. What would you like to do when the next mission comes back? What what, what is what was something that you would you would see yourself enjoying doing? Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> Finish me off once and for all. <laughs> um, awesome. You know, I, I honestly think we're in a unique position right now with Super being current that we could we could almost not reverse the tables completely, but we could flip the script a little bit with the show because you would be in a similar position to what I was when we started. That's true. That is true. You won't, you won't be looking back at a show. You'll be discovering it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a cool approach. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. That, that would be, I mean, similarly, like, like how the next submissions kind of start out as inspired by bigger on the inside. They eventually caught up to like the modern doctor who episodes and doing it concurrently. So it's new for both hosts and that could definitely be us. I mean, that could definitely be, I mean, cause once you get past the, the movie stories, you get into like, they, they did that universal tor- tournament, which I know very little about. I didn't really see any of that. 
Um, but you and I could watch that. You can, and you can get into the modern stuff. And um, I mean, I mean, there's no, there's been zero news on whether Funimation's uh, going to dub it or not. So like, I kind of don't care about that anymore. Were we to, were we to do it, whenever? I mean, we, we've never been opposed to like just sticking with the Japanese version. Never at all. No. Um, because we're not dicks in that way either. <laughs> yeah, and like I like the idea of of bringing a new perspective to the show or bringing like a new a new spin on the the, the formula. You know, it, now if I had watched all of Super and you hadn't, like that would be the the ideal one hundred and eighty. But <laughs> I, I can't think of any other any other shows I've seen that you haven't. So mm. okay, so so when the next mission comes back. You want to hit up Dragon Ball Super and just just tackle it, tackle it with everybody else. Get on the same page. Uh, I'm game if you are, man. If, if, yeah. if that's what we're, I'm, I'm, I'm completely okay with. It. Absolutely, like that will be, uh, that will be what we will be doing then. So uh, right here, right now, we're saying the show is coming back. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent confirmed. <laughs> Stop pressing by the creators. <laughs> now, now, I mean, like as we established, like there's no there's no timeline on us coming back. Because of, you know, like, like, because I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, like, come back soon and then stop, uh, you know, once April has a baby because you, you, because I want to kind of establish a metric. You know what would, would it be interesting? I'm kind of just thinking about this now. We, we started the show in December 2011. We ended it 2015, December. I mean, like, and your baby's due by October? Yes. Yep. So maybe we could, we could try to shoot for coming back in, uh, December. And trying trying to see what what happens uh, from there, maybe. Uh, that sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I can carve out some time by then, and and even more episodes of Super will be out by then. Yeah, they're they're up to like episode fifty or no, uh, forty nine is is today was the most recent episode this weekend. So there's a lot, and like I mean, we, 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 I, I'm I don't know if I want to do this just straight from the beginning because they're covering the old movies and stuff. I mean, we could definitely see the differences, but that still does not appeal to me. So I would think about how we would jump back into that. So we could try to figure it out from then. Well, um, we could all. Are there any movies of Dragon Ball the original? Yeah, there are three movies, and the differences between the Dragon Ball Z movies and the Dragon Ball movies. The Dragon Ball movies kind of retell the story, like in a way where, like, like, like the first one's about Goku meeting Bulma and Yamcha and Roshi, and the next one's about you know him and Krillin, and the third one's about him and Tien and Chaozu. And they kind of retell like the Rebbe Monarch, the Tai Pai Pai arc. Um, uh, but we could, I mean, we're not done in Dragon Ball content, so we could check. I've actually not seen the third Dragon Ball movie myself. So, so. What? Yeah, I've not, I've not, that's actually like the only thing I've not seen from Dragon Ball. Actually, I've not seen Path to Power either, but like that's a Dragon Ball GT kind of thing. But uh, I mean, if you, if that, we could kind of do that if you like to. Well, I'm just thinking of a content as far as, uh, you know, since it's concurrent, like we don't want to run out of episodes to watch on, but <laughs> I think there is such content out there that we can, you know, pad the episodes. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar, you know, we did we did our movie specials. We could do movie specials on that. We could even go back and watch some episodes of the uh, the original show. I'm definitely not opposed to that. If we just want to like do a arc or something and then cover it briefly, you know, as one one episode. Yeah, it's it's I, I, I've been going back and forth in my mind, like you know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, and Dragon Ball Super is appealing because it's new to both of us. Um, and Dragon Ball, I think Dragon Ball feels like more of a lengthy endeavor. Uh, but I, I know that there are people out there who want to give Dragon Ball the respect it deserves compared to what we gave DBZ. Um, but it's it, I I, I kind of want to do Dragon Ball in some ways, but I'm wondering 
how, I don't, I don't just want, I don't know if I would just want to do next dimension with Dragon Ball. Yeah, I, we would, I don't think we'd have to necessarily do it. You know, give it the next dimension like treatment episode by episode. Right. But I think we could do like more more broad strokes with it. We could crit from the guys that should just kind of read a volume at a time. I mean, I would love to hear your response to that because like the manga is like completely Toriyama uh, distilled, uh, broken down, laid bare. So I would love to hear your reaction to that. That'd be amazing. Uh, oh, this sounds okay. <laughs> um, so we're definitely doing super, and we have designed to do Dragon Ball in some way along with it. Um, well, hey, there's a, there's a couple new games coming out also that we can speak about. Yeah, Xenoverse when, 2 was, those, was announced. Uh, yeah, Xenoverse 2 is coming out, which, yeah, the first Xenoverse, you know, I, I loved it, so I'm definitely going to be looking and getting, getting the next. There's also that, it's, it, I don't know, I think this is just for Japan uh, at this point, uh, Dragon Ball Fusions, is it called? Yes, for the uh, Nintendo DS, I believe. Oh, is it? Okay, I don't have, I don't have a DS. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Um, but yeah, like I mean, if it's popular enough and Dragon Ball is right now, I could very easily see them bring it to the U.S. Because I mean, we've gotten more Dragon Ball games in the last five years than we've gotten in a long. We've got more Dragon Ball games in the last ten years than we and than I ever had when I was actually watching the show as a kid. <laughs> um. I'm getting excited. <laughs> I'm getting back. I'm, I was enjoying our convalescence. I was enjoying like kind of taking. I, I I never like dislike doing the podcast at all, but it felt good to end it. Right? It felt good to like have a complete yeah. It, it felt good. To, like I, I feel good about having something completed. Mm-hmm. Especially because a lot of podcasts just fall off. Like like it's a hard commitment to do. Like it takes time and effort. You know, and I, we both love doing it, but. When you don't have it to do, you kind of breathe a uh, sigh of relief. And then also, yeah, I can look back and say that's a chapter of my life that we completed. Like, that's that's a, a creative bundle of stuff that, that's out in the internet for the people people yes. to find. Like, yes, and and it's a, it's a big, a big accomplishment. I think. And ever since uh, I was on Geekdom One on One, I've definitely had people hit me up on Twitter uh, or hit me up, or even I think some write some iTunes reviews saying. I just was made aware of this show. I just binged through the whole series. I love this show. And that's really cool. <laughs> so I really like the, I, like you said, I like the idea that people can just find it and, you know, and that be their thing. Like a television show. Find it and that, that, that be their thing from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always going to be there. Like it's, it's, no, it's, it's going to be, it's complete. It's, it's a book that has an end to it, you know. As long as Toy Animation doesn't find us. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. No, no, I think podcasts are, are fair game. Just yeah, I, I I'm still amazed that people enjoy the the content we produce because you know obviously like I can listen to you talk on a podcast about pretty much anything. Oh, thank you. But the fact that that I'm actually like a you know people like what I contribute that's awesome. That makes me feel really good. And then I just I'm I'm amazed. Yeah, I'm just I'm very happy that people find enjoyment out of it. Like, and I don't I don't care about how many listeners we get. I don't care about you know numbers. But yeah, just like people are out there. And it like when I get good reviews and we get emails, it vindicates you know the time we spent doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it uh, it just makes the world, uh, both bigger and smaller at the same time. Yeah. Now, now I will say that like uh, actually should start this regularly. I am in the process of starting a new podcast. Um, it is not comic related. It's not anime related. It is a lot more serious and socially uh, resonant than anything I've ever done. Is a show called Questions We Don't Have Answers, and I'm podcasting with Harry Chute, and he is a guy that I've admired for a couple years now. He has a podcast called Battle Beyond Planet X. You've heard his uh, promo on the last episode, and we've actually been in the process of, of 
bringing that up. We've actually recorded about four episodes that have not come out yet. Um, it's a we're, we're we're asking those questions. We're asking those serious, those kind of serious. Not even so much questions people ask, but like questions that like I think people have in their heads, but don't really tend to verbalize out there. And that's kind of like the purpose of the show to really think about th- certain things that are important that people may not have figured out yet. That's why we don't have the answers to them. And that is intending to drop sometime next month in July. Um, and that's going to be like kind of a month. Uh, well, we've actually not set out a, a date for that show, but that's sort of like what I've been trying to do in the absence of next dimension. Um, and, in addition to like also, you know, doing combo film review, which is still going on. But all that being said, I'm, 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 I'm pumped to explore more Dragon Ball content uh, on the next dimension with you again. So I think what I'm saying is that like, I'm dedicated to getting back into the show and doing Dragon Ball Super and talking with you again. And we were a monthly show, and that was always very helpful to keep consistent. We never went a month without anything coming out. Um, that might be trickier coming out uh, month to month uh, for the future, but that's not me saying, you know, don't expect the show. That's that's me saying that like that's, that's kind of providing context. But that being said, I'm down to do next submission again uh even even in the face of uh the kind of new places we are in our lives me too De- definitely me too you know uh, i've got a lot going on but also i'm in a lot like i said a lot more stable place mm-hmm. you might you know my wife supports me completely she loves that i'm i'm semi-creative <laughs> the monthly schedule may you know may not always work out the best but i think we can both we'll both dedicate ourselves to getting it as much as we can. It's a lot more. It's 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 it's, it's even riskier. Or it's, it's even more um, sensitive this time around, uh, on both our ends. But hey, we've we've had chances before, and we've beat them all. Exactly. For four years, somehow. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That, this 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 was fun. I, I enjoyed sitting down and like. Even, I granted on both sides of the topic, we we kind of ranted, but. We don't like to end on that. <laughs> uh, just as there are, are rowdy fans out there, there are plenty of other people, um, and just people, you know, people like Danny, people like um, what is her name, uh, Uncanny Megan. She's this cos- she's this terrific cosplayer who like who loves uh, Bulma and Vegeta. Um, she's <laughs> she's a, providing some fun fun cosplays out there that, that you should follow her on. I don't know her Twitter handle. I should probably look that up. But uh, seek her out if you can. There's been. Um, Consensual as always. There are people who are doing the Lord's work in um, help continuing the entertainment of Dragon Ball by by pro- expressing their love for it. Uh, all, all we ask is that you, that you that you be reciprocal to that love towards the less fortunate. <laughs> be a hero, not a villain. Essentially. <laughs> so, uh, is all our all our contact information going to be the same? Same website, same yeah. iTunes. Page? Yeah, I, oh. yeah. Uh, the email's always still been there. I still pay for the podcast. Uh, the, we're still available on iTunes. You can still find our official Facebook page and the uh, official group page, uh, which is which really has kind of been kept uh, kept our interests afloat. With Danny posting stuff over there and, and Alex posting stuff over there, so yeah, I love that the community is still there. Absolutely. And, and so, is this going to be the uh, the the next next dimension, or is this going to be you know season two? What are we calling this revival here? Uh, the next dimension super, <laughs> the super dimension. <laughs> um, I will figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, email us our, your suggestions. How about that? Everybody, yes, emails. Yes, we want emails coming in. We want we we want like I want an episode or nothing but emails. Like that'd be awesome. DBZ next dimension at hotmail dot com is the email. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter now uh, at. Dono DMG one. 
it's my Twitter handle. I've been I've been having fun over there. I like to promote. I mean, I've been any podcast I do, I, I put up on the, on the on my Twitter as well. And um, dbsintermission.libsyn.com is the is the crappy website. Um, yeah, and check 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 us out uh, at our other stuff. Um, are you are, are you a part of any show right now? Currently, no. I don't I don't I don't believe that Spec Radio is. Current, I think I think episodes are in the can, but current, I don't think they're currently being released. What was the last? What, you were you were on uh, your friend's show. Um, you can relate. What was? What yes. did you talk about? Um, the last uh, last episode we did that recently was on X Men Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, haven't seen I had that. I had I had to school them on a few on a few things. School them the lowly peons. I I'm his comic book guy, so so that was that was fun. Excellent. Um, oh, there's one other thing. I I. I forget but um yeah reaches out uh dono dmg1 is my twitter handle uh, email us uh, your suggestions at dbz next dimension at hot if you're new to our show and are liking it uh since itunes review or just email it honestly if people are finding the show for the first time feel free to email we can still send us emails and we will respond one way or the other um, yes. Find our Facebook page for the, the podcast Facebook page, the official group page. Um, check out the Comic Film Review, my other podcast I do with uh, uh, Chris and Stella. CBF Reviews, reviews with R E V U E dot listen dot com. That's also on iTunes. It's also has a uh, Facebook page. Um, check, be on the lookout for questions. We don't have answers. That podcast is coming out. It is uh, the, the that podcast is, is pregnant is being born soon. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I'm actually feeling pretty good about this, and I'm glad I am. <laughs> Me too. I'm stoked. Um, so yeah, until when we come back, um, which may be which may which may be December for uh, symmetry's sake. Jesse, I'm not asking you for this for a while. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I'm gonna go get into a hyperbolic time chamber. So I suggest <laughs> you do the same. Sweet. Uh, get ready. We're coming. Um, until the next version of The Next Dimension. Thank you very much for listening. Sayonara. <laughs>